This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning, and this is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center here in sunny Santa Monica. Please be seated. Um, welcome to our 43rd and final show of 2011. Um, it's been a fun ride, and um, I hope you would enjoy this last hour we have together for 2011. We're going to talk about a lot of things that happened in the past year, um, why they're important, and what they mean for 2012. We're also going to go over some tips for what you should be thinking about now in preparing for the new year. Um, but we start with some breaking news and some sad news, unfortunately. Um, it's been released on the wire that Cheetah, um, the chimp from the 1930s Tarzan movies, has died at the age of 80. Um, apparently, he outlived um, both all of his co-stars. And he had been living in, um, first of all, he lived with Tarzan for quite a number of years. <laughs> And uh, it seems like he's having a revival. Um, he lived with Tarzan for a number of years, um, Johnny Weissmuller. And then upon his death, um, he went to, a, um, like any good um, retiree, went to Florida where he stayed in a uh, sanctuary there and has passed away due to kidney failure at the age of 80. Um, no word about some of the other famous monkeys we know of or chimps. Um, I was trying to find out whether Bonzo of Beton de Bonzo fame um, also survived his famous co-star, um, but I have not um, got confirmation one way or the other whether Bonzo is still with us um, and enjoying bedtimes or not. Um, any comment, Roscoe? I know this is a, a tough day for you. A tough day for me, really? <laughs> I'm not... um, anyway... <laughs> I'm not one for monkeys or chimpanzees. No, you're not. No. What is your What is your favorite um, movie animal? I'd have to come back and I'd have to come back to you about that. I would waste the whole hour. 
Okay. I'll, well, um, I'll give you one at the end of the show. How about that? Invoking the mercy rule. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to start off with a couple of announcements. Um, today is also significant um, for a couple of reasons. One is um, today is the birthday of one of our um, guests and my former co-counsel, Brian Bennon Haley, the pride of South Carolina. And he's enjoying his birthday at um, home with his family and his wife and kids. Um, in South Carolina, happy birthday to you, Brian. I hope you're listening. Um, we've been having a, a bit of a debate over the recent um, decision by the uh, Justice Department to invalidate um, South Carolina's new voter registration law. Um, South Carolina is one of the several southern states that remain subject to the Voting Rights Act of 1964 and um, have their um, voting laws reviewed by the Justice Department which just recently invalidated uh, a recent change in their voter um, identification law. So also, here's, here's one for you, Brasco. Today's also a notable birthday. Um, someone significant turns 30, and that is the test tube baby is 30 years old today. Oh, right. So um, mix a drink <laughs> in, a, in a vial of your choice and toast to her wherever she may be. But um, anyway, um, we're going to start by talking about some of the top stories of 2011 and, and particularly why um, they were important um, and going forward what they mean um, to us. And um, one of the top stories for 2011 um, has to be the Amazon tax. And it's been um, a, a major focus of this show. We've had a number of episodes as we um, watched the, the tax proposals advance at the start of the year in Illinois and then California um, and now um, lately in the year in Pennsylvania where we had the stealth um, enactment of uh, the Amazon tax um, via press release by the Department of Revenue, a move which I still find astoundingly shocking and also um, I'm astounded by the lack of outrage over it as well. But um, maybe I'm just not hearing um, what's going on on the ground in Harrisburg, um, But which, by the way, Brasco, I'm an honorary citizen in Harrisburg, one of the, the only city in which I am. But in any event, um, the, um, that is a significant story. What's also happened was um, Amazon during the year made a number of deals with states such as South Carolina and others to avoid um, sales tax collection by locating facilities there in response to favorable treatment tax-wise. And um, that itself has become subject to constitutional challenge, and that may unwind. Um, but what is interesting, though, is that the Amazon tax movement um, – has reached a critical mass. And I always thought that at a certain point, um, it would become uneconomical for um, online retailers to, to more or less say, um, I'm going to keep you know, just cutting off my, my limb and you know, cut off my access to this state and then that state. And um, at a certain point, it wouldn't be feasible for them. And when, when now that we have states such as New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, California, um, which are some of the, the largest states in the Union, North, in North Carolina as well, um, population-wise, it, it, it getting to that point where it actually 
it may no longer be um, economically viable, or there may be, or we may be soon at that point, which may explain why Amazon has now adopted a new strategy, and that's why the Amazon tax for, in 2012 is actually the focus may not be in the various state capitals, although there will be certainly activity in a number of states. Um, the the focus of the Amazon tax in 2012 may be Congress because Amazon has now joined a number of other groups in calling for um, a federal solution, which is actually not exactly the, the, the proper way to phrase it. It's actually a congressional solution that allows states um, and clarifies states' authority to collect sales tax and creates a uniform system um, and so the um, it's also known, it's commonly known as the Main Street Fairness Act. And so as that process evolves, um, you know what we may see is is a, a change in the focus of the debate to Washington. And as you may recall, Rebecca Madigan on our show um, explained that we were kind of in a, a weird dynamic here, in that intuitively it seems like this would be, um, you know, basically have about a snowball's chance in July um, on Capitol Hill, given you know, the strong anti-tax sentiment that exists. But it really isn't being considered a tax. It's really not collecting anything new. It's just clarifying states' authorities to collect a tax that they've already imposed. And so that respect, it may be getting around the hurdle of Grover Norquist, whose group has been has been neutral on the issue to date and apparently other tax groups as well. And so it creates a unique situation where um, you know, something that might intuitively seem to be um, absolutely without a prayer in Washington may actually happen in 2012. And so I think that's going to be a, a major thing to look at. Um, there's definitely a lot of resources behind it. Um, God knows Amazon is one of the major internet players on Capitol Hill in terms of spending and lobbying, and um, as well as in their own Washington field staff. Um, in addition, you have the brick-and-mortar retailers who are also behind it, who want to level the playing field. In fact, one of um, Amazon's biggest opponents at the state level has been Walmart. And so here you would have Walmart and Amazon, along with you know, various small business groups, all in favor of a tax. Um, and so this actually is something I think affiliates should welcome. Um, it, it no longer makes them the punching bag or, um, of, the, of the result of this feud between Amazon and Walmart and you know, Main Street retailers. And so it could be a very positive development. It also could be, you know, a rash of, you know, policy-wise, a sound development. You know, what it seems to be like that would be a more rational way to collect sales tax uh, than have it this haphazard, you know, um, everyone going for the Amazon lottery and seeing who can go through the gauntlet and survive. Um, it'd be interesting to see while this is going on whether any states actually repeal the Amazon tax because there have been... Um, discussions of it in Illinois, in um, Rhode Island as well, and that so far, with a few exceptions, the Amazon tax has not realized much revenue. So definitely a major story for 2011 and one that we know we're going to be continuing um, to talk about in 2012. 
Um, I want to thank all our guests on that issue um, who appeared on the show. Rebecca Madigan and her team have been on several times, and um, as well as um, we had um, Mr. Schaefer on and some of our earlier shows who um, who actually was successful in challenging the Colorado Amazon-ish type law um, and got, found out he had won his um, motion for an injunction only moments after appearing on one of our earliest shows. So Mark Schaefer, I want to thank you um, as well. And as well as we've had people from the, the Center for um, Budget and Policy Priorities um, provided their input and um, in, in explaining what was driving um, the Amazon tax movement, and that was just a, a crushing need for revenue. Um, the states were under a very um, severe fiscal crunch caused by the recession and um, in the housing crisis, and just a, a confluence of almost a perfect storm of fiscal disaster was occurring at the state level, um, which really drove, I think, a lot of the the need to find revenue um, albeit Amazon being an easy one to do because it's of its gimmicky nature. It's not really imposing any new tax on anyone. And to the extent that politically it's um, hurting anyone, it's hurting someone out of state. And so I think that that was driving this to a large degree. Now, another issue, another issue that um, was very prominent in the past year um, one second, I just want to take a look at the chat board. Okay. Um, I don't know about China's hard landing, but we'll see about that. Um, just responding to the comment on the chat board. But um, another hot issue, I think, in the new year is going to be um, piracy. And we've already seen online piracy, copyright infringement, and already just whatever phrase you choose is somewhat reflective of where you stand on the issue. Um, as we we had on our recent show, um, we had um, there's a big fight going on between Hollywood and you know content providers and basically the rest of the internet. And um, there was a big skirmish played out over the holidays with GoDaddy. Um, GoDaddy, which actually became famous through its um, you know ex- um, teasingly. Um, uh, audacious ads um, featuring a former Playboy model testifying before Congress and the whole um, promoting free speech um, found it in a weird position where it was actually on the wrong side of the issue. And we saw a mass movement to boycott GoDaddy and they lost a number of domain names registrations. As a result, thousands of people pulled out from GoDaddy and you saw an immediate reversal. GoDaddy switched gears and now is opposing um, SOPA, the, um, the Stop Online Piracy Act, as it's been called. And um, you're seeing a different shift. And there really was a tidal shift that um, caught the entire lo- large part of the Internet community from the backbones, um, as we, we heard David Snead talk about, as well as um, major websites, Google um, a lot of technology um, policy people. Um, you saw a big movement of the tech community against the bill, and then, and at the same time, you also saw a movement of both left and right opposing the bill as it being an overreach. Um, there is a lot at stake in this bill, 
Um, one, a bad bill could be a disastrous for the internet. It could also be disastrous for civil liberties. And so um, but there's also a lot of money on this bill. The entertainment community has fought long and hard. Um, this is their second attempt in two Congresses to get this done. And so um, they're going to want this completed. So um, expect this to be a top fight for 2012 on the Internet. To the extent that net neutrality was the fight in Congress on the Internet in 2011, this will be the Internet fight for 2012. And um, You know, it's funny, uh, Bennett, you mentioned how, how this is going to be a really big story. I don't know if I just put a put a link into the chat room real quick about how Lamar Smith, the uh, congressman, um, responds to the SOPA complaints. I don't know if you saw this at all. I did um, not see the link, but um, I know that he is getting a lot of flack for how he has handled this. You may recall we had um, Congressman Dan, not Dan Meyer, um, <laughs> Congressman Rohrbacher on um, in, in response to the um, the patent reform bill, and that was something that was drafted by Lamar Smith. And um, it was kind of he was criticized heavily for overreach in that. And um, Lamar Smith is also being um, criticized here for overreach. He thought he had a, a slam dunk. He thought he could just roll this up and um, set Google up as the um, you know internet bad guy, and they were going to just roll Google. Um, there's a strong antipathy towards Google within the Republican caucus in the House, and. Um, Surprisingly, some Republicans said no. Um, you know, you can't make Google a pinata on this issue. There actually is some substance to the criticism, um, and so that's really um, that's really a big issue um, in terms of you know how he approached it. He's also being criticized at home in Texas politically because he was behind a redistricting plan that got overturned as well. So. Um, He's definitely in the hot seat and now wants to redeem himself, um, and there's a lot of money on the, on the line here. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, the, the merits of the issue. I don't think anyone who's for or against SOPA is for piracy. Um, you know, I think everyone's against piracy. Um, the question is, is what measures should you employ to prevent it? And, and as we had you know, David Sneed explain – um, there's just a, a bit of overreach going on here and just broad discretion of the, the government to just classify a site as um, you know, supporting um, piracy and then allowing it to just be shut down. It could create um, a lot of legitimate sites potentially could be shut down um, as a result. And so the problem with the law is that it's a blunt instrument. So you have to be careful to – you know when you craft a law to make sure that it can't be abused. And, um, you know, that's what people like me get paid, you know, the bucks for to figure out how we can, you know, use the tools that Congress may have unwittingly given us. And so if you think there's a, a potential for abuse, um, you know, even if you don't see it, it's there. Um, so I think that is the issue that's what's going on. This isn't really about, you know, should um, – you know, should Hollywood or should the record companies be allowed to, um, you know, pr protect and stop piracy? I think everyone recognizes that needs to be done. And also there's some concerns about the link between piracy and organized crime, piracy and even terrorism. So 
Although I think you know, this, it's uncertain to what degree that exists. So um, anyway, um, well, um, there was a question in the chat room about whether it is unconsciously overbroad right now. Um, the bill as written, I believe, is an overreach. And, and there's a question about whether it would be considered overbroad. I think Congress is allowed to delegate. Um, yes. And the bill is, as it is drafted now – Referring to SOPA, not referring to the Wyden reform, um, Compromise Bill. Um, the bill, the Congress is allowed to delegate certain authority to the executive, but in doing so, it has to provide clear um, guidance. You can't just you know, give too much authority to executive. In addition, um, you know, there's constitutional restraints on the use of executive power, and one of them being the Fourth Amendment. You can't um, be subject to... Um, there's reasonable search and seizure or deprived of um, lost liberty, um, you know, without reasonable um, – without due process of law. And so um, you have the Fourth and Fourteenth Amendment coming into issue. And so all these things are important. And, uh, and so that's what's going on here. Now, it's easy um, for the record companies. They have the money. Um, and um, they want to make this as simple as, as possible and make this about are you for, for piracy or not. Um, but it's interesting to see, and Sweden tried to take a hard line on this about four years ago or three years ago. And the result was um, the public responded, and the piracy party became the second largest party in Sweden the next year. And so um, this is going to be a hot issue. I see this, I'm glad to see there's a lot of opinions on this on the chat room. And um, we're going to be talking about this a lot in the next coming year. But um, first, we're going to take a break. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2012 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2012. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 2012 IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. As you know, being an expert at f What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f***? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f*** performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on a Quizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. Superior Affiliate Offers. Superior Affiliate Brands. Superior Affiliate Service. The Superior Affiliate Management. Superior Affiliate Management delivers direct exclusive offers with weekly payouts. Their mission is to ignite your e-commerce and ignite your commissions. Superior Affiliate Brands means our work with the Internet Retailer's Top 500, as well as new brands, thanks to their full-service agency and CPA network. 
Superior affiliate service means lifetime bonus referrals and personal VIP treatment. When you hear Superior Affiliate offers, Superior Affiliate Brands, Superior Affiliate Service, that's SAMOPM.com. This is Maria Retan, host of Purse Strings, wishing you and yours a warm and happy holiday season and a very festive new year. Hope that business is good and you continue to market to moms because she's going to drive your bottom line. From all of us to all of you, webmasterradio.fm, wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and just very briefly on SOPA, there's a group known as TechDent, which is a, a coalition of um, technology companies and internet companies, um, which was formed in, uh, after the dot-com um, bust. And um, they're a respected voice when it comes to internet and technology issues um, you know, from a business point of view. And um, their view on TechNet, um, they wrote to um, Chairman Smith, and um, they expressed the following concerns. They thought that um, the law created a, a private right of action, which is a right to, to sue um, against lawful U.S. companies. Um, SOPA allows copyright and trademark owners to take action against law-abiding payment processors and advertising companies to compel them to take action against activity on the basis of beer allegations. And here's the problem. Once you start that process, um, base, basically no one wants a lawsuit. People will take measures to avoid lawsuits. And that would mean companies would just not deal with certain types of um, – they wouldn't host or they wouldn't advertise with certain types of companies um, because they didn't want the headache of a lawsuit. And so without even um, – with only one or two lawsuits, you could have the effect of shutting down hundreds of sites just because of the ramifications of what happens after um, SOPA may subject U.S. internet companies and financial firms to technology mandates, as courts may require companies to take certain actions based on lawsuits brought about by the new private action. Um, it exposes U.S. firms to significant commercial harm without due process, as firms may have strong incentives on the SOPA to stop doing business with the sites that are targeted by unproven allegations. And that's as I mentioned earlier. Um, in addition, they, meant, they mentioned that the legislation creates new statutory standards of infringement, which could expose existing and startup firms in areas such as social media and cloud computing to new litigation and liabilities. And then finally, um, it undermines efforts to keep cyberspace secure by requiring technological approaches to block access to sites engaging in unlawful acts that facilitate piracy. Illegal, illegal sites registered in the U.S. will be blocked on the SOPA but this would encourage such sites to locate overseas where nation's recent efforts to improve web securities do not apply. Um, so um, those are just some of the concerns raised. But a big part is the whole due process issue that um, we've discussed a little bit earlier and that has been raised on the chat room. Um, but moving along, one other issue, a couple of quickly is some of the other top stories this year. One was Right Haven, and we've covered that quite extensively. And I think everyone loves 
um, a, a come up in sort of story such as this. And um, it was great having Mark Mendoza on the show last week um, to talk about as his efforts to put the final nails in Right Haven. And I note that the domain Right Haven is actually up for auction. So um, anyone who in the show wants to um, put up a bid, I'll throw in a buck and help you out there. But um, in any event, um, that that is. Um, I don't think we're gonna. We may have seen the last of Right Haven, but I don't know if we've seen the right the last of that model. Um, another issue we we covered extensively on this show um, was the Match. dot com um, date rape story, and then you may recall there was a woman who um, was raped um, um, by someone she met through Match. dot com, even though the guy had three rape convictions, and she alleged that. Match.com should have had a duty, really, um, to protect its customers and and do um, something that was minimally um, difficult and just do a match its members against um, registered sex offenders. And um, we had the the lawyer on first after the uh, Mark Webb um, after the uh, the lawsuit was filed, and then afterwards to uh, to crow a little bit about his victory and. it was interesting, you know, how Match.com's position changed dramatically. Um, first, it took the position that it, it was just administratively impossible for it to do um, such an effort, such as that. And then once um, the victim, the, the suit was initially filed as a John Doe suit, and once the victim, um, once the victim actually um, stepped forward and appeared on Good Morning America, all of a sudden. Um, it was um, quite possible to do this. In fact, you know, do it quite promptly, and that's ultimately what was achieved. And so, um, congratulations again to Mark Webb for a job well done, and um, I'm glad that they were able to resolve that suit quickly. Um, um, Brasco, you have a qu- answer on the animals. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so earlier you were asking what were my favorite animals uh, that I've seen in movies. Um, I can give you for movies and for TV. For movies. If you remember a movie from the 90s called Canine, it was with uh, Jim Belushi. Oh, yes, very well. So the dog's name was Jerry Lee. That, I thought, was a pretty good animal for a movie. Okay. And for television, I need to go back to Magnum P.I. and the dogs that Higgins used to uh, used to, try, used to uh, take <laughs> care of, Zeus and Apollo. I, I don't remember them. I, I do remember um, K nine and as well, and also Terman Hooch, which also came oh, out around the same time. They were but, like uh, two twin black Dobermans. They were fantastic, you know. And you hear Higgins coming across Zeus Apollo, and like the whole like you know, very Cockney, very like snobbish English accent that was uh, Higgins. It was pretty, it's quite quite interesting. Well, I, I once had the pleasure of sitting across from Jim Belushi while he was chowing on a, a burger and um, and watching the food fly across the table. So I think any pairing of him with a dog is a good pairing. <laughs> but um, I actually have a – I do have a, an odd story involving Jim Belushi. I, um, I was at a, a screening of the Getty um, – the, the Getty Art Museum out here in Los Angeles, which is now a major tourist destination, um, huge multi-million dollar uh, museum up on the hills overlooking Malibu and all of L.A. It's really a beautiful destination, a little weak on the art, but it's a great location. And I was at a, a screening party for it, um, for travel writers, and um, I um, 
I got there and um, they didn't have my name tag ready, so they flipped over someone else's name tag and put my name down. And um, so I was curious who it was, and uh, it turns out it was Dan Aykroyd. Apparently, he wasn't attending. So I, um, I actually flipped it back over, and it's Dan Aykroyd. And so I wore it throughout the rest of the party, and um, the Getty Center has free parking, but you have to go in. Th- the parking garage is huge, and then these huge elevators that hold about 100 people. And um, so at the end of the event, we're all in the elevator together, and um, I was about to get busted on something um, with my date. And, um, and just at that opportune moment, the uh, elevators opened up. And uh, um, a whole bunch of people pour out. You can imagine an elevator, 100 people. Um, everyone's bumping around like pinballs. And this guy bumps me and looks down. And he goes, Dan. And I look up, and it was Jim Belushi. And I said, Jim, how you doing? And he says, yeah, we, let's get together. Let's do lunch sometime. And um, everyone was laughing, and I was completely off the hook with my date. And um, that's the joys of being Dan Aykroyd for an evening. <laughs> So, any event, back to cyber law, now that we've had our Jim Belushi detour. Um, one other issue um, we covered a lot and in fear of detail um, was net neutrality. We've had several speakers on, and I think that was the big fight in Congress on, um, on the internet was this year, was net neutrality. Because it was, um, from the congressional Republican viewpoint, it was a way to attack Obama on technology. And um, which I found to be a strange position because the the FCC in pushing forward on net neutrality, what it was doing was uh, following a policy adopted by its predecessors, both um, the um, initial um, net neutrality guidelines, which were adopted by Chairman Powell, um, Colin Powell's son, who was the first FCC commissioner under Bush. And then Chairman Martin, who actually was quite aggressive in, in, in trying to enforce them against um, ComSat and only to have the court say, well, they weren't enforceable. You need to actually um, go through rulemaking process. And so then when um, they go through the rulemaking process, basically what um, the FCC was doing was really trying to formalize that which the Bush administration had already implemented. But if you listen to P Voices on Capitol Hill – it was Obama taking over the internet. It was, you know, it was creeping socialism, communism, you name it. And, and frankly, I think it was just um, you know, a lot of hogwash. I, I think it was just um, you know, people trying to distort the issue for a political gain. And it really, there's no merit um, there. I think a lot of what we're hearing is just, um, is just really just sound bites and without substance. Um, you, know, there's a, you can debate whether or not having a net neutrality uh, is needed. Um, but I think you know, the, the presence or absence of net neutrality is not taking over the Internet because it's quite the opposite. Net neutrality is about making sure um, corporations don't um, create roadblocks and tolls on the Internet. In fact, as this was being debated, we saw um, some of the things that had been warned about during the early days of net neutrality starting to occur. You started having metered billing. You started having tiered pricing for internet access. Um, and, and so and some of the abuses that we have, we, we'd heard about before um, started to occur. You know, things, concerns that things were being taken down um, because of their content. You know, certain politically objectionable views were being taken down. Or um, in one case, there was one provider that 
um, discriminated against applications in favor of its own. And so I think you know, this net neutrality, there's a sound reason for it. And um, it has nothing to do with taking over the internet. Net neutrality is actually about um, making sure the internet stays free. And all it is is government saying, you know, just don't discriminate. It's not a government imposing anything on anyone. And so, um, in any event, that was a big story. I, I'm, you know, granted, um, I'm, this story's not over. I'm sure there's going to be further, further litigation. Um, this issue is on appeal. And we will hear more about it in 2012 as this goes before the D.C. Circuit, which has uh, already once ruled against the FCC on this. But um, it goes to the question of not whether or not the FCC has the statutory authority to issue the regulations at issue. So um, that will be coming back to us for sure in the new year. A um, couple other issues quickly. Um, I think the Twitter revolution is a very big issue. And you may recall our second or third uh, show, we had um, we had someone on from the the Berkman Center um, to talk about uh, our progress there. And uh, and interestingly enough, and I'm sure uh, you may recall that um, you know that was going on while the, we had that show right in the heat of the Egyptian protests. And only days after our broadcast, Chairman Mubarak stepped down. No doubt. You know, in light of our show, um, but um, I think what we're, we're going to see that continued is you know in the uh, the various protests you know across you know we're having in Syria now and across the U.S. with the Occupy Wall Street movement. But there's another aspect we're going to see. Um, this, the second aspect of this is that um, as companies, as countries, try to block um, demonstrations in their countries. Um, we noticed that they were using U.S. technology to do that. And um, so they were using U.S.-based software to um, shut down the Internet, to monitor and um, suppress the Internet. And so that will be an issue in the new year because um, Internet monitoring software is going to be an issue uh, in Congress. And the ability to export this type of software to repressive regimes is going to be an issue in Congress in the new year. And several people have, several congressmen have brought it up. And so I don't know if they're newly enacted, but I think there'll be increased pressure on those who provide that technology. Um, but whether or not that's ultimately successful or not, it's just going to become a more um, dicey area to do business in. And hopefully that pressure may um, prevent people from doing business with dictatorial regimes, although as we saw in this last year, last year those, those regimes are becoming fewer in number, thankfully. Um, another issue that was very big is the area of privacy and do not track. And I've espoused my view on this somewhat in that I believe that this is an issue that's just going to take time to percolate, and it's not something that was going to wrap up quickly. Um, because of the, the diverse nature of interest involved, because of the complexity of it, because of the fact that it's a moving target, and I honestly don't think the uh, the regulators actually have their arms fully around it. I just don't know where uh, where where this will end up this year. You know, at most, at best, I think maybe you might have a small. Um, privacy bill, maybe something limited, um, uh, do not track level. 
Uh, but even then, they, there's a lot of complexities involved and in, you know, how different browsers approach the issues and do you do, how, how do you define track and what, what is permitted and what is not. I think the fact that the, FCC, the FTC has applauded uh, recent self-regulatory efforts in that regard uh, may suggest a backing off, but that, that could be a misreading. Um, but privacy has been a very important issue. And it's also become part of another big issue, which is you know, it, it's a company that deserves its own issue, and that is Facebook. Facebook is a big story. Um, they have a consent decree with the FTC, um, which um, some don't think goes far enough. But obviously, the fact that you know, they're going to be subject to review for 20 years is pretty significant. Um, they recently entered a, a settlement, or actually I shouldn't say a settlement, but they were recently were given a, a good bill of health by the Irish um, privacy commissioner um, who found that more or less that they were consistent with um, European privacy guidelines, although they did announce that they were going to be taking certain measures um, in response. Nonetheless, um, they considered um, – they committed to implementing improvements um, regarding practices um, such as um, providing additional notifications about Facebook's photo tag suggest feature so that they can decide whether or not to use the feature um, to help people um, tag them in photos um, and as well as um, change policies on um, deletion and retention of data. And so um, – but the, what's amazing though is Facebook has become such a dominant force um, in terms of the amount of time spent online. It is the number one internet destination in the world. Um, and so, you know, the fact that in a world as diverse as ours, to have um, 55% of the world's global audience um, on Facebook, and it accounted for one in every seven minutes spent online around the world. I mean, that's just remarkable. And... Um, if you if you watch the the uh, the Facebook movie all because of someone was um, someone was mad at his um, at his girlfriend or actually actually she wasn't his girlfriend he wasn't making any success all this led to um, the, this remarkable event. Um, oh, we also have a another birthday um, to make note of. Stan Lee is eighty nine today, and he was the creator of Spider Man. Um, Spider Man actually was in the news this year. They had a a not so successful Broadway run, I believe, um, controversial in its firing of Julie Taymor, um, who was um, rose to fame with her production of The Lion King. But um, any event, this is not a Broadway show. Um, another big issue in this year is also has been. I think we've almost covered it. the last issue I want to cover is online gambling, and I refer to this as the. The fall and rise of online gambling. In the middle of the year, um, the Justice Department cracked down on a number of online gambling sites um, that remained. You know, some of the, the full tilt poker and some of the others, um, finding that they were violating the law, um, existing um, gambling laws, and that they were also engaged in um, racketeering. And um, in fact, one of the, the founders of one of the sites has um, pleaded guilty or at least uh, admitted to wrongdoing. Um, in that case. But what happened over the holidays was remarkable. 
um, the Justice Department, which has been taking a very hard line on online gambling, at one point going so far as to write letters to the National Association of Broadcasters to warn them that accepting ads for online gambling would be making them an accessory to um, the crime and that they could potentially be prosecuted. In fact, Google, Yahoo, Microsoft, um, Sporting News, a number of major media organizations um, paid substantial fines to the Justice Department as a result in settlement. So what Given that background, it's surprising that the, the Justice Department released a new opinion letter in response to requests from Illinois and New York for clarification of the Justice Department's view on um, whether or not states could properly run online lottery sales and provided it was for intrastate sales. And keep in mind that we live in a federal society and so um, Congress can regulate interstate commerce, but there are some limits on interstate commerce um, that are predominantly the providence of the state. Um, what we saw was a, a remarkable reversal and that the Justice Department now takes the position that states can properly have online lottery sales, which could also lead to more than just lottery, but could, we could have states – with online poker and online other you know gambling devices, and it's a remarkable development, and actually could take some of the pressure off on the Amazon tax because here is a potential new source of revenue. Interestingly enough, this is being pushed by New York, which was where the Amazon tax began, and Illinois, but already a number of states, Nevada, I know California is looking at it, District Columbia. Um, are, this could be in the next few years you could see almost all states having some form of online gambling. So um, it raises an interesting issue. Um, There's a strong anti-gambling component of the Republican caucus in Congress. Um, The very uh, kind of the the moral conservative aspect of it. And um, they may um, try to take some efforts to block or reverse this opinion. And so uh, I haven't really got an indication of where they're coming out on that, um, but that this issue is not dead. So um, we're going to take our, our last break, and when we come back, um, we're going to talk a little bit about what you need to do to prepare yourself for 2012. Back after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. In 500 yards, CPA Way will be on your right. You have reached your destination. On the interstate of internet marketing, CPA Way helps you monetize the way. No matter which direction you're heading, 
CPA Way is your route to low-risk revenue. Advertisers, we have paved the way to delivering revenue channels that will meet and exceed your expectations. Publishers, we monitor and manage your campaigns to bring you the most revenue possible. Publishers can feel secure to leverage direct offers, while advertisers can find safety, offering their most valued campaigns. The road to trust, respect, integrity, and honor is just ahead at cpaway.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Happy holidays, everyone, from the Life Tips Show here. Hope you tune into our show this coming year. Remember, chips do not make good pets. Stay away from yellow snow, and an escalator can never break. It can only become a set of stairs. Happy holidays, everyone. From all of us to all of you webmasterradio.fm wishing you happy holidays and a prosperous new year the best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here this is the cyber law and business report only on webmasterradio.fm and we're back um, for our final segment of the year and um, very briefly, a few things you want to consider as you, you know, prepare your business and yourself for 2012. One is to update yourself on what are the new laws that go into effect. In California, a number of states, new laws go into effect on January 1. And so you should be aware of what new laws are going into effect where you live. Um, a great source of information is usually your state chamber of commerce. For example, California, the Chamber of Commerce provides an overview of new 2012 laws infecting employers, affecting, e- not infecting, uh, employers. And you should check to see what the applicable laws are in your state. Um, definitely check the Chamber of Commerce website where you are. Um, in addition, the Chamber of Commerce also provides updated um, posters for your, and including your workroom for, so you ensure that you're compliant with all the various, um, updated state labor, labor and federal labor regulations. And those have changed. You have a new, um, National Labor Relations Board and Labor Department under the Obama administration that is a little more aggressive than the Bush administration had been. So, um, there are new rules that you may want to be aware about. The second thing to do is to look at all your standard um, contracts and your templates from your privacy um, policies to your um, you know, your NDAs and your contracts. And the first thing to do is ask yourself, well, what went wrong? What, what, was there, what did I learn from anything that happened last year? Is there anything I want to try to prevent from happening? And make sure that's right. You try to reflect that in your, your agreements and your templates. The second thing to do is once you update your template, um, do it in a, either a different font, um, use a different heading, use it, um, do something so that it is visibly different so that you can tell without even having to read the document just by walking by one of your associate's desk, whether or not they have the right document or not. 
Um, related to that, you want to make sure that when you release the new, your new contracts and your new policies that you collect the old ones. You don't want them laying around. You don't want them being used. And then so to the extent you're dealing electronically, you want to make sure your employers are deleting um, the employees are deleting the old contracts and not sending out old language. Um, that's an important thing. Uh, updating, you, know, um, you, you only hold milk for so long, and a contract is only good for so long. So it's worth it, you know, the time. If it means hiring someone like myself, you know, or whoever, it's worth the time to just update and take a look at um, what you have. Same goes for your policies. You know, from your employee handbook. Um, you know, if you haven't updated your employee handbook, you probably don't have a policy on on social media, and that's an important thing. It's also a good time to take a look at all your um, domain names and trade names. You know, is there anything you need to um, renew? Are there any trademarks coming up for renewal? Do you have any trade names that need to be filed? Um, it's a good way to check about you know what what names are you using. Um, do you have all the domain names you need? Um, so not just what you have, but what you may need. Plan ahead. Um, one issue we forgot to highlight in terms of the big issue was cybersecurity. And um, it's a major issue. We saw huge attacks in last year. Um, but one thing that's um, interesting is that um, we've already seen some analysis about what might the likely threats be in 2012. And um, Cisco has um, released a document that actually provides some useful tips um, for steps you might take to minimize your risk to being a victim of cyber attacks in 2012. And um, you, know, you might want to take a look at that document. Um, it's in Cisco's 2000, you know, 2011 annual security report, and um, which actually I've, I've excerpted parts of it on the Internet Law Center's blog, ilccyberreport.wordpress.com. And um, it's a significant... Um, there's several suggestions. You know, some of them is just simple as you make sure you're updating your passwords regularly. Those are important things you can do all the time. But the other thing is really to take an approach and think about what data do you need to keep, and uh, also monitoring what data gets out, um, monitoring who has access to data. You know, those are ways you can get a better sense of what risk or, or exist there. Um, some of the suggestions from um, Cisco are um, know where your data is and understand how and if it is being secured. Um, that's an important point. And knowing where you're exposed is very significant. Um, implement security measures to help compensate for the lack of control over social networks. Um, do not underestimate the power of technology controls such as intrusion prevention systems for protecting against network threats. Reputation filtering is also a central tool for detecting suspicious activity and content. So take a look at um, Cisco's 2011 Annual Security Report. Um, it's a useful tool to go to. And uh, so that's an important thing you should also be considering as we wind down the new year and prepare ahead. Um, finally, other issues you can think about in the new year um, include um, just updating any, anything that needs updating. I mean, look at all your contracts, look at your policies, um, basically anything that's been on the shelf and gathering dust, take a look at it. <laughs> um, this is also a good time to go over your major agreements. If you ever have to do a transaction and need due diligence, you need to attach your material agreements, it's a good time to start updating that stuff um, so that 
Um, this is kind of a slow period, and um, if you ever have to do a transaction quickly, you have that information. So in a little time I have left, I want to thank all of you for joining us um, these 43 Wednesdays we've had this year. And I also want to thank all our wonderful guests, from our very first guest, Chris Olson, um, to our last, Mark Rendaza, um, for all their time, effort, dedication, um, insight, um, sense of humor, perseverance, and tolerance. And um, I want to thank Brasco for being such a great producer and for working with me on this. Uh, as we had our inaugural year, we're looking forward to uh, having you back in our courtroom every Wednesday next year. Um, we'll be covering all these exciting issues and getting your input on this exciting year that lays ahead um, with the election coming up. And Brasco, any predictions about Iowa? Well, if Ron Paul even wins the uh, the vote in Iowa, it doesn't mean he's going to become president. I say it's either... I- I say Mitt Romney will probably be the uh, standout from Iowa. Um, I think it's interesting, yeah. But I think the key is going to be New Hampshire. You know, Romney has to win big in New Hampshire, so um, that's what that'll be the turning point. And then it's on to South Carolina. So, and also best wishes to Gabby Giffords. Happy New Year, and hope good luck in recovering. And uh, happy holidays to everyone at Renaissance Weekend in South Carolina. Uh, wish we could be there, and um, a happy New Year to all. Take care. Um, Court adjourned until next year. This is Bennett Kelly with Internet Law Center. Be safe on New Year's. Don't drink and drive. And look forward to having you back in the new year. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.